so often we sometimes get put in this position to feel guilty when things are good and like the world is shit. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. Feel good. Yeah. Feel full. You deserve. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you ready? Mm-hmm. It's Rosie and Thorns. Hey, love bugs, and welcome to another episode of the Rosé and Thorns podcast. I am P. Ryan, and I am super excited today because I am sitting down with a woman and an authoress who takes pictures with her iPhone, who sings, who writes, who bakes, who sometimes cooks, and who eats. We love an eater. Everyone, welcome, Miss Kelly Ray. Hey! Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being on here. I'm so excited to just delve into how we know each other, the topics we're going to talk about today. I haven't seen you in this sort of way in such a long time. And so this is so fun for me. I'm honored. Yay. I'm honored. Yes. Thank you. Yay. So we usually start the show off by having guests kind of just tell the people about themselves. So tell the people about yourself. Okay. Um... What about me? I am, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is my age. I don't want to talk about Come that. on, age. <laughs> I am a 45-year-old woman. You don't look I it. Have, thank you. Mm-hmm. I have three grown children. Um, uh, one is in grad school, two are in college. Mm-hmm. Grown. Grown. <laughs> and um, I will have been married... In December, it'll be 20 years. Come on, marriage. All I can say is God is good. Yes. <laughs> because without him, this would not be. I am now in graduate school. I am studying to be a marriage and family therapist. Yes. Um, and largely because my last therapy just, I said, what program are you in? Because I want to be in that. That's how impactful the therapy was. So I'm in grad school. I, I'm working at a private school as the registrar. Um, I have re- released a book of devotionals. I did that was it two, October of 2018. That was a big deal for me because I compiled, um, I used to send out um, devotionals via email mm-hmm. and I did it for a long time and then people were like you should just write a book you should just compile these and write a book and I'm like well you could print them out and then there's your book and they were like no no you need to do it so I finally got them edited and I put them together in a book and I um, self-published on Amazon and it was like giving birth but I'm so happy that I did it it when I when I hit the button to publish as soon as I did it I was like wait a minute this is like a journal this is more like a journal than a devotional yeah like people get a lot of me in the book and I'm like well it's out there it's hard work it is and when you read the pages of that book like you can you can feel it oh thank you so much Mm -hmm. oh we'll get there we'll get there Mm -hmm. and now before we get there, let's get here, right? Because okay. for those who listen to the show, for those who are guests on the show, you know that before we do this, I send you an outline. I'm going to throw a little piece of this outline out the window just because you mentioned your journey with marriage and family therapy and how your experience 
with a therapist kind of led you to pursuing this profession. What were some of the things you got from therapy? I know that's all the way in your business. No, it's fine. So I'll say that when I finished my bachelor's, it was 2014, Mm -hmm. 2015, and my minor was psychology. So I always had like a feeling like I wanted to go into it. Um, but then I was like, I'm not going to grad school. Like, I don't feel like it. And I don't want to get a doctorate and y'all probably should and da, da, da. Right. Just holding, just putting blocks in my own way. But when I went to my last, um, therapist was actually doing her practicum work. So it was all free, which was a blessing. Yeah. But I connected with her in a, in a, in an extraordinary way, um, I didn't feel like I was telling my coworker. Well, she happened to be the chaplain at the school. Um, and I was talking to her about stuff. I said, oh, I need therapy. Da, da, da. She said, well, I'm about to go into my practicum and it'll be free. And I said, let's do it. Schedule me. Put me yes. in this. Um, so one of my takeaways was she helped differentiate me from my relationship with my husband. Like I was too enmeshed. So it was like every choice that he made that maybe like he wasn't choosing me, it would destroy me. And I was, I had years of that, like from dating in college through marriage, like, Oh, I just, I'm just so, but she helped me. She helped differentiate me from him. Mm. And then um, when we were discussing some of my childhood trauma, She was saying, um, so there's something you told me about your husband when you guys were dating. Um, You said he made you feel special and blah, blah, blah. She said, when when you were in contact with your predator, when, you know, I had a predator as a child. Yeah. Too many of us do, and it's sad. But my predator made me feel special like I was the best person I was this and I was that she said okay well you've applied that to all of your romantic relationships and that was a that snap for me and I was like Mm. oh my goodness and it was like no longer were the decisions that my husband made no longer did they affect me in such a way so I even got to the point I was like man if he cheated on me I'd be upset, but I wouldn't be destroyed. Like, I'd be like, I hope that you wouldn't do that, but I'm not going to set the house on fire. Yeah. Because I'd be, I would say, you know, I'm going to go crazy. But because I got to such a place where your decisions are your decisions and mine are mine, that was the biggest gift I could have ever gotten. And it helped me transition to being a parent of adults because I don't have the kind of control you know when you have little kids be like I'm gonna put you in time out I never did that I'm gonna beat you behind you can't do that when they're adults they make adult decisions like I'm going on a trip you ain't going on a trip <laughs> they go on the trip you know you there's no legal reason for me to say you know I can't tell the police that you can't go so it helped me transition to parenting adults in such a way where 
their decisions wouldn't destroy me. Mm. And I can be, I can be where I am and help them from where I am, but I'm not, I'm not living your life. Yeah. Not that they're, decisions don't affect me and I don't worry about them, but it's, it's just different. It's like, we are no longer enmeshed, which is a blessing. This is really jacking me up inside, but I'm just going to go with it because I'm reflecting on just like how many of us learn to be enmeshed, whether it be with our friends, whether it be with our parents, whether it be with our romantic partners. Oh, I'm so glad you got that gift because a lot of us need to be free. Yes. Yeah, like I didn't even know. I didn't even go to therapy for that. I went to therapy. Well, I felt like we needed couples therapy. But also I was like, I want to be ready for when my kid, for empty nest. Because I like my kids and I want them to live with me for the rest of eternity. Yeah. I wish we could have a compound and, you know, I see them every day. You sound like my mother. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unrealistic, but... I just really like my kids. They're fantastic. Um, COVID was good for me. I was like, oh, y'all home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and I'm happy that, you know, all my kids will be home for Thanksgiving and they'll be home from Thanksgiving to the end of January. And, but yeah, it helped me step back. Yeah, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. I'm so glad therapy gave you that gift. And I can only think that you receive that gift because of the gift that you give others. And so I'm going to go into just like how we know each other. I know okay. that was that was a little heavy, right? That was. Like, you're going to have me in tears. Listen, you're about to have me in tears. I'm, I'm holding it together. Okay. But the way we met is um, through church. So friend to the show, sister in my head and in my life, Dr. Camille, um, and I met at the University of Maryland. And we wound up going to a church in the area, in the DMV. And she happened to be a relative of your husband. And was just like, hey, this is Kelly. Cool, right? And I think since then, you know, we didn't spend every waking moment together. But I will say just the moments that I have spent with you, there's a saying that like people will forget what you do, but they'll remember how you how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And I think every time I interacted with you, I just felt kindness. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I felt and the reason why that's like so I think impactful for me is that that church was huge, right? And so what people don't know or may know about me, social anxiety, it's my homegirl. Yeah. And I will, and I think for various reasons, that point of my life, just being an undergrad, you know, dealing with queer identity, like dealing with what the church has to say about that, dealing with how I know church people can be through my experience. Every time I step play, I step foot into a new church, it was just scary. Mm-hmm. And your kindness, I think, just made that so much more bearable, if that makes sense. I'm trying to get my words together without being emotional. <laughs> but I just, I really wanted to bring you on this show and give you your flowers and just say thank you. Um, because that kindness, I think, has stuck with me even till today. I thank you so much. You know, I, I don't ever, if I'm describing myself, I'll never say kind. Mm. I see all the ruggedness of myself so I really appreciate you saying that Mm -hmm. and I have to say there's certain people that I connect to in church now I have social anxieties as well I am 
I've come to find I am an introvert. Like, I really like my alone time. And my mom even said, yeah, when you were two, you had to have your moments by yourself. And I mm-hmm. said, okay. So that validates my feelings. Yeah. Um, but when, when Camille introduced you to me, I was like, oh, babies, I have to take care of them. And I remember, like, well, well, Brandon and I would talk about, yeah, well, we're going to, I'll take them back to school or take them to the train or, you know, whatever after church. Um, I just had a, had an affinity for you two for some reason. I just, mm-hmm. I just wanted to hug you guys every time I saw you. Um, Cause life is rough. Church, it can be rough. Yes. And I, I, so I used to question God all the time. Like, why do you have me in church? I don't do the stuff that they say to do. Heard you. I um, I wear the jewelry. I wear the makeup. Um, I do my. I do me. Um, why do you have me here? And he said, because I need you to be you there. I need you to be yourself at church. Um, and I've had some conversations that people don't regularly have at church. So same. I'm like, okay. I've had I've had conversations in the bathroom where do you I'm just wondering if my husband's marrying me for me or marrying me because I'm pregnant. People don't talk like that at church. And I said, girl, it's 20, whatever. He don't have to marry you. He wants to marry you. Yeah, we're not in the 1960s. He's and because I'm always me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting on airs like if Brandon and I were mad at each other at church, you could feel it. It was palpable. Like yeah. I'm not sitting next to you or I'm putting all these kids in between. Like I don't, I don't have any cut cards. Please know that if I ever have a partner, that's how it's going to be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like let's not pretend like yeah. it was all roses coming to church today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we used to have most of our arguments on Sabbath morning, which is wild, but away from that, I'm always myself. So for you to say that I'm kind, I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. And I don't think that you're just saying it. No, um, I wouldn't. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Cause you're pretty straightforward. You're like, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. 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 And so the next question I was going to ask is where that kindness, some would even say that loving kindness comes from, but it sounds like it comes from just being real, being transparent, not only with others, but with yourself. Yes. Um, I think that I've always had to be my own advocate. Mm. Um, And I just have an affinity for people, really a lot for children. But as I've gotten older, it's like pretty much everybody. If I see somebody, not that you two were in need, but you were students. Mm. So I'm like, well, what can I do? God put them in my little village for a reason, yes. like, you know, um, but I think it, it might also come from how I was raised, like my, my people, because it's not just my parents, but also for my grandmother, you take care of people. Yeah. You don't, you don't do them dirty. If God places them in your path and you feel this connection, you should cultivate it. It's funny that you say we weren't in need. I can't speak for Dr. Camille. I can speak for me. I was in need. 
Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe sense, I sense that. Yeah. In the sense of, I don't really share this story a lot, but Maryland was not the place that I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And so there was, I think, a grieving process there. Then I always reference, you know, queer identity. When I tell you I explored, I explored. Mm-hmm. And when you explore, you fall in you know, I'm just going to be a little crass, but you come up against a lot of fuck boys, right? And so at the moment that I met you, there was just a lot that needed to, that needed a hug, I think. And I was at a stage in my life where I wasn't really open to like my family. So there was some isolation there. And so I just have to say thank you again. Just thank you. Thank you. I was in need. Well, I have to say also, I think God connects me with queer people. Mm. So when I saw you, I was like, oh yeah, I got it. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but I love him. Yes. And I have that same connection with my play brother at church. You know, he came in, he was a new believer and he was gay mm. and he was obvious. And I was like, I'm going to be friends with him. And we just connected because so many people are mean and judgmental. Yeah. And it's like, you don't, you know, you got stuff. Mm -hmm. I got stuff. I know y'all got stuff. And you want to act like being a homosexual is what is. Come on, homosexual. (laughs) But it's going to keep you out of reach of God. Yeah. And he doesn't even say that. Because, you know, people like to use the verse. I don't, I don't remember. I think it's Philippians. One of the Philippians where these people will not inherit the kingdom. Yes. There's that. There's a whole list. There's a whole list. There's liars. Mm -hmm. No one wants to talk about what you lie. Yeah. Okay. Not you, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And one thing that I always, you know, in my, in my little secret prayer, prayer closet, I used to always ask, let's say if I did do the straight route, let's say I did that, you know, knowing how churchy I am, let's say I got married, became a pastor, had two kids, right? Mm-hmm. The straight route. I would then be a liar. So then I'm out the kingdom anyway. Mm, I hear you. That makes sense. And no, I, I haven't heard anybody say that before. Oh, that's something that I have been wrestling with since young teens. Okay. Not wrestling with. That's the question I have. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Just so you know, the whole script kind of just fell out. But let's see if we can get okay. back on track. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Happy Mail. You talked about it a little, saying how it came from you sending out a devotional and then it becoming a self-published work. Mm-hmm. What fueled the transition from, hey, I'm sending this out to like my homies, here's a devotional, to boom, I'm going to self-publish. More people need this. I can't remember. Mm. Um, I think it was a point in my life I had I had gotten my bachelor's degree, finally. And I keep saying finally, but I shouldn't be hard on myself. I, I, I got my bachelor's degree. And I was like, what am I going to do with this English degree? Nothing. And I was like, let me... I I feel like God was just telling me it's time. Mm -hmm. And then it was so easy. I mean, it's not easy, but it was easy to self-publish through Amazon, even though they take their little cut. It's like a no brainer. 
And then, so I kept asking God along the way, like what I should do. I, I do that when I make big decisions. I do that when I make little decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, okay, so, okay, I'll call it happy mail because that's what I always called my emails secretly. I say to myself, happy mail. These are happy mails, yeah. right? And then, or, and it was like a play on words, happy email. So it was that too. So, but then when I was looking at the stock pictures that I could choose from, and I saw the picture of the male mm-hmm. on the, I was like, that's perfect. That's it's a cute that, cover, y'all. That sealed it. So I don't know, maybe it was a culmination of, you know, graduating, not really doing anything with my degree, having these having these devotionals for years that had been edited already, all I needed to do was go through and make the edits. Um, and then I said, well, I'll do it. And I was really just being obedient because I, I look at it as a ministry. I'm not making a lot of money on this and I've given too many of them away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, you need this here. You need this here. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you my book here. Um, but it's been a blessing to me because when people say, oh, I've read it, I don't read it from front to back. I just, I open one randomly and it's always exactly what I needed to, to read. And I'm like, praise God. Like, yeah. there's nothing that I can say. I'm not even doing it. I didn't make it. It wasn't monthly. It's not a year. There's like 111 or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And um, one of my friends was like, I just feel like you not having dates in there, it takes the pressure off. Yes. Yes. And I was like, well, good, because that's me. Like, I'm really like, well, how do you feel today? Let's do such and such. I, there's a side of me that's very hippie, very just go with the flow. Um, So having rigid things, it's hard for me to you have to have them in some aspects of life, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I really like to go with the flow. You know, when I think about your devotional and how I came upon it again, I just think about God's timing and how wild it is. Mm-hmm. So when the devotional came out, I was back home doing another wave of schooling. And I remember purchasing it just because it was like, Oh, I know Kelly. She's really nice. Let me support. Taking it and just putting it down and it was collecting dust. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be transparent. Yeah. Yeah. I expect that to happen with many of my friends. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for your support. No worries. No worries. But then there came a point in my church journey and my church experience. I was music minister of my church at the time. Um, And then, you know, hating assholes down to the church house came upon my Instagram and decided to kind of disperse it throughout the church. Yeah. And you, you're my, you're, we're, we're Instagram friends. So you already know what it's giving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I had this talk with like the elders and the deacons and just a gang of people who not only had access to my Instagram, but had my pictures on their phone, which also felt a little creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I wound up removing myself from the music minister position. I said, girl, have it and kept it moving. Now, I thought after that moment, of course, there was going to be a period of grief, but I found myself increasingly feeling distant from the church. 
I found myself, you know, saying I'm going to go to church on Sabbath. And when I got there, the church said amen consistently to the point where my mama was just like, so are you actually coming to church or are you just coming to pop your head in? Oh, wow. (laughs) And walk out with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I will say that during that time, even though I was not at church, Mm-hmm. When I was at home, there was something in my spirit that was just like, I need to feel connected. I need some spiritual grounding. I need something. And then I found myself looking over at that happy mail mm-hmm. and just, child, let me see what works for me, right? So just turning to a random page and reading it, turning to a random page and reading it. And in that moment, in that season, I felt so grounded. I felt like I did have a connection with God, even though I wasn't singing up at the at the front of the church right or running things with the music ministry and so again it just brought my mind not only back to god but back to you and like i don't know i just have to say thank you for just so many of these things and i was wondering you know if there's a time that you felt low and felt disconnected from the institution of church and and maybe what kept you grounded and engaged in spiritual practice um I think it was the fact that my father told me when I was in college, I was depressed through college. When I when I went the first time, when you're supposed to go at a certain age. <laughs> no judgment. We're gonna have to talk about that spirit of judgment, okay? Okay. <laughs> um, he would call me and be like, "Are you praying?" I'm like, "Not really." Do you go to church? No, not really. And he said. God always wants to hear from you, no matter what you're doing. He always wants to hear from you. Sidebar, my father was a a pastor, an evangelist. And being a pastor's kid made me run away from theology majors in college. I was Mm. like, no, I will never marry a pastor, ever, ever, ever. And, you know, I didn't. But I kept that in my mind. What I kept was. It's not about your denomination. Um, It's about your connection, your relationship with God. He wants a relationship with you. That's the whole, that's what the Bible is about. That's what, that's why everything points back to Jesus. And when you read the gospels, if you really read it for yourself, so many people don't, you really read it for yourself. It's about relationship. Yes. And I was like, and I'd, I'd say all the time, I said, who did Jesus admonish the most? The scribes the and church leaders. Mm-hmm. The church leaders. And, and that's who so many people aspire to be. And I, and I was like, I don't, that's not, I was like, I know I'm never going to be an elder. I could be an elder. I can pray over people. I can anoint your head with oil. I Same. can anoint my house <laughs> because God gave that to us. Mm-hmm. He didn't say only pastors can do this. Like you should be able to do these things. Your relationship should be so that you're able. So, and not, and I'm not saying that I am the holiest, I'm not, I'm just me with relationship with, with God. So what I did was I just kept that in mind and that's how I operate. So, um, yes, my lowest point of being feeling disconnected from the church was college. And I think, and then being on the praise team in church and knowing some background stuff and my husband being a a church uh, leader as well, I'm turned off right now. I'm trying not to be, 
But I'm like, if we don't go back to church, I'm okay. But then I had to sing for a church service and they actually um, recorded it in the church. And I was like, oh, I remember this feeling. Yes, this is why. This is, there's just a different, being in the sanctuary is just like, it's, it's an experience, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but how, what I've taught my kids and what I live by is it's not about any denomination that you're in. It's about your relationship. So I could, if the church disbands tomorrow, right? Will you still have a relationship with God or do you just throw everything out? Mm-hmm. I'm throwing everything out. God has, ooh. Been so good. Say it. Mm-hmm. It brought me out of some things. Yes. Okay. And blessed me. Yes. And just loves me when I'm so hard on myself. He's like, girl, if you don't stop being so hard on yourself. Like, that's the voice. Every time I say something negative, he's like, girl, you are mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I am. I'm sorry. He's like, apologize to yourself. <laughs> and it's so interesting to hear you even just just talk about the blessings, right? And that's not why we have relationship, but they become so apparent when you think about the time that we live in, right? Mm-hmm. COVID is just running through the streets, civil unrest all mm-hmm. over the place. Yes. Zoom and being on Zoom all day, mm-hmm. <laughs> another stressor. And in and the Google min- Classroom. Isn't it disrespectful, mm. right? And at the same time, we've all just been kept. Right. Despite the low points. And because, yes, we've all experienced low points. But the fact that you and I can be on here talking to each other, it's really not as bad as it could be. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Mm. I love hearing you say that you're well, not I love hearing it, but it's my ears picked up, I guess, Um, whatever you want to describe it. But you saying that, like, you are struggling with kind of like the church dynamics right now where COVID has kind of shut the doors, the denomination that we're a part of, I'm just going to shout it out. We're both Seventh-day Adventists, yeah? And there, when you think about the last days, yes, a lot of people warn that in the last days, the church will be shut up. But they focus a lot on like religious liberty and and freedom to praise God in the way that you like. And I was laughing with a church home girl um, a couple months ago, and I was just like, we've been focused all our lives on religious liberty. And God said, I'm going to do you one different. I'm going to send COVID and shut the doors anyway. Right. <laughs> right. Because it's not safe. Literally, mm-hmm. it's not safe. It's for not safe. Our health. Yeah. So we shut the doors. And now here we are figuring out our relationship on our own. But I will say, I kind of miss some aspects of corporate worship. Like I'm out here streaming whenever Sabbath comes around, but I'm just like, dang, I wish I was up there singing. I wish I was just like in in the church house feeling, like you said, that experience. Mm -hmm. How would you describe that experience? Um, I'm going to give you two examples. Mm -hmm. So I try to make sure out of experience that I pray (laughs) for God to use me and for me not to let my humanness get in the way. One time I didn't do that. I had a very bad attitude and I got up in church and I sang and it was the most horrible experience because I was like, I shouldn't be up here. My attitude is so nasty Mm. and God can use anybody, but 
I know he don't want to use me right now. And he can't use me because I'm so nasty. Like I was just nasty. Um, and I vowed never to do that. So I was like, if my spear is not right, I can't, I can't be on the stage. Yeah. Um, but when, when you're, when God is using you, so when you're, when you're singing praises and you're singing songs of hope and praise and, you know, for everyone to sing along, you feel like I always, I, I'm not going to say I always, but very often you just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I can't explain that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can feel it in your body. You can feel it in the atmosphere. Um, and I used to, I, very often I'm the loudest one in church <laughs> during praise and worship. Like if, even if it's not, if I'm in the, um, the congregation, um, and I used to ask my kids, does it embarrass you that I'm like the loudest person in church? They're like, no, we're used to it. I'm like, okay, mm. well, I won't worry about it. Um, I can't explain the feeling. Like there's like a, can I use the word aura? I don't know. It's, it's just a, a vibe. It's a vibe that I just can't explain. It's peace. It's like yeah. it's like if peace was magnified and was just radiating out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I felt that even in an empty, empty sanctuary, it was just like maybe there was no more than 10 people, but we were recording. And when I sat down, I was like, oh, it's just like a your weight, the the weight of the world that you're carrying melts away and you can just be in communion with God. Um, that's what I miss. That's what I miss. Did it happen every week? No. <laughs> um, but yes, that is what I miss. Love it. What parts, let's say one day we find a, a vaccine the doors of the church open, we get to put on our fancy shoes and and our cute outfits and get back up in the place. What aspects of the church dynamic would you like to see disappear? Hierarchy. Tell us more. (laughs) Um, Many times people who hold um, office in the church, like let's say, I don't really get this from deaconess and deaconesses though our deaconesses just sit, it seems. Um, Growing up, they used to like move around and like take people's kids from them. And (laughs) I don't see that very Mm -hmm. much anymore. But like, yes, I know that you're the elder, the the pastor and the first elder, and they're supposed to, I guess we're supposed to give them some kind of respect, but you should also be personable enough where people don't see you as, oh, you're the high, you're the pastor, you're the high priest. Mm. It's more like, no, nah, this is my homeboy who leads the church. Yeah, he's, he's he's gonna he got my back, and so many. I'm not saying that my pastor doesn't have people's backs, but I see it so often. It's like, oh, we don't give you this information because we don't have to. We're the we're the pastors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? We're trying to help you run the service. What do you mean? And I feel like when we fuel that hierarchy, it leads to a lot of mess that can happen in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it does. And I I just wish more people were transparent. 
Yeah. It would make going to church and having relationships with people easier. But like, they'd be like, oh, the women's ministry. No, thank you. I'm not going to go and pretend. Oh, the couple's ministry. No, thank you. Because y'all lie. Y'all act like everything is good. And we I know it's, your husband was in my DM. <laughs> and I had to tell him to leave me alone. So Help. Help. Wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have it. I don't have it. Yeah. I wish people were more transparent. As we begin to wind down, there are people who are probably going to listen to this episode who maybe processing their own church relationship, maybe processing their own church hurt, maybe trying to figure out what their relationship with church, religion, et cetera, is going to be, you name it. Mm-hmm. What little happy mail or happy nugget do you have for, for the people? Sometimes, so church hurt is a big, that's a big deal. And that's real. And more often than not, that's not your fault. That's someone else's stuff, right? the hurt that they put on you, that wasn't you. That was someone putting that on you. Mm -hmm. And so what you have to remember is that God wants you, right? So if if you decide that you're going to take a break from church, allow God to heal you. So you don't, and God can heal you at church, but if you are a church hurt in a way, let's say you were abused or you really need to go to therapy. Like mm. you need to ask God to guide you to that. Um, because I've seen people leave the church and be like, oh, they're this and they're that. And I'm like, mm, who hurt you? Like yeah. that, that doesn't add up to me. Um, and then if you're focused on your relationship with God, you're going to allow him to use you anywhere. So you're going to allow him to use you in church. You're going to be in the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be at work you're going to be at Starbucks. Like it's so when you, when you realize that it's really not about you, God has you there for other people. It might be a little bit easier to go to church again or consider it or even seek the healing. Some people don't seek healing Mm -hmm. and healing. God's not going to just be like, well, I'm a, I'm going to heal you from this so you can do this. He's going to ask you, do you want to be healed? If you're ignoring the question, maybe you'll never heal from that pain because somewhere you're comfortable holding on to it. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yes. So so really, really do some, really analyze the why. Hmm. And look and look for him. Like it's so much better to be able to. I don't go to that church anymore, but I go here, or I don't go to church anymore, but I found this path. God has shown me this. Like whatever God is, you just have to be open to how He is going to lead you, and that's whether you stay in church or not. Mm -hmm. Complete the sentence. Happiness is. Happiness is. I think I've used this too much, but peace Mm. for me, I'm happy when I'm at peace. I'm just like, Ooh, I don't have no drama right here. I have a headache, but I'm happy (laughs) because I don't, you know, I'm at peace. 
Your stuff ain't my stuff. My stuff is my stuff. Your stuff is your stuff. Yes. Yeah. Peace. Uh, I'm so full. (laughs) This is so good. Okay, we're going to move into a section of the show, the last bit of the show, called Let's Spin the Rosé Bottle. So I have spent the entire episode asking you question upon question, getting deep into your business. Now I'm going to return the favor and you can get into mine. You have the chance to ask me one question. It can be juicy, it can be dry, it can be nothing at all, and we'll move on. If you ask something, I'll have to give a response. What advice do you give to a young person that knows that they're not just the regular heterosexual like they've been raised to believe, Mm. the social construct that has been placed for them? Mm. What advice do you give a child who feels that they're queer and they're just trying to figure it out and they're stressed and depressed about it? So at the beginning of this conversation, I mentioned that when I was younger, one of the questions I used to ask in prayer is, people are saying this one thing about my identity. If I choose to live out the exact opposite, I'm a liar. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't sit well with me. Then I mentioned in this conversation, my experience just with the church. Mm -hmm. Take Instagram out of it when I was younger, you know, before I could even think about queer identity, people were thinking about it for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And that can be really taxing. That can be really draining. It can be really stressful when you see how people talk about queer folks, gay folks. And it took me getting to a place where I focus, as you said, more on relationship. And there is a passage in the Bible that I hold on to that says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. Not the you that people tell you you need to be, but you. Right. You, you. already. Yeah. You, who, how you show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also a text that says, for I know the plans I have for you. Mm-hmm. Plans of good, right? For your well-being, not to harm you. So if I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, if you got plans for me that are for my good and not to harm me, not in the version that people tell me to be, but in the version that I present with, Mm -hmm. I can be okay with this identity. Okay. Now it may, it may cause people in the church not to want to bang with me. Yeah. It may cause people outside of the church to not want to bang with me. And I think also you need to, when you realize the people who don't want to rock with you, you got to consider the source. Right. Are they, what fruit are they bearing? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times the people who are coming after you based on your identity, they ain't doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're not fabulous. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. So do I want to be that or do I want to be who God has blessed me to be from before I was even born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I chose to be who God blessed me to be before I was even born. And if I look at my life, I ain't doing too bad. Right. You are right. That's amazing. That's great advice. Yeah. Go back to the word. Go back to the word people try to throw at you. You'll yeah. find some gems. Yeah. 
Wow, that's amazing. That's great. Uh, Kelly, this was so good. <laughs> I really enjoyed myself. Me too. I thank you so much for, for just taking time out of your day to sit with me and to talk to me. Is there anything that you'd like to plug, your social medias, your your devotional happy mail, which can be found on Amazon, I already plugged it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you don't have to follow me on Instagram. <laughs> um, actually, you can follow Kelly Ray Wrights. Uh, that's Wrights, W-R-I-T-E-S, Kelly mm-hmm. Ray Wrights. And Ray is with an I. So K-E-L-L-I-R-A-I-W-R-I-T-E-S. Yes. Call me Akila. Yes, you can follow me on Instagram. And yes, buy the book. It'll bless you. And it references Dorinda Clark Cole. What else do you need? I love Dorinda. Me too. Favorite Clark sister. Yes. And that's Happy Mail, a book of devotionals, because there's another Happy Mail book, but it teaches you how to um, send Happy Mail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so get the right one. Okay. (laughs) Happy Mail, a book of devotionals. It's a turquoise cover. You can't miss it. Yes. It's Um, a cute book with a lot of great gems. Anything else? Um, no. If if you can No, yes. Something else. You sell the beads. Oh. I, okay, so I am. So <laughs> I, okay. All right, because I'm scared. Okay, so can I tell you the backstory? You the can, thing? absolutely, please. Okay, so I have a girlfriend, my good, good girlfriend. Um, and I was like, do you, I am in a really funky, funky, funky mood. Are there any crystals for that? Because she's into crystals. Um, and she told me, African Jade and Bloodstone. So I looked it up. I looked up the properties of the crystal. And then I happened to look at beads. And I was like, I'm going to make myself a necklace. Mm. And I made myself a a necklace of African Jade and the Bloodstone. And the the Bloodstone ones were so tiny. I had to use like needle and thread. But I made it. And um, when I tell you that it calmed me and centered me. Mm. And I was like, I don't know if it's a placebo or not. But I'm not, I could be PMSing and wear it and be fine. So, uh, and I have PMS two weeks out of the month. So you can yeah. just imagine what it's like living with me. A struggle. <laughs> I'm sorry for my, when I'm in a mood. But yeah, so I started making them and then like I advertise it on my other Instagram page I didn't mention. And <laughs> I've made a few for a few people, but yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you could listen. Go to Kelly look- Rights and DM me and say, "Hey, what about them beads?" And I'm like, oh, "Okay." The beads look really cute, and just like Ivy Park, I'm saving up for one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like it's and it it's actually calming to make the beads. I've never mm. done anything like this before, but I'm a creative. I own it now and I and sometimes when we're in too long I'll be emotional like easily easy to cry mm. but not because I'm sad but because I'm so open to um I guess my feelings mm. so. I'm gonna need to get me one ASAP open me up child Listen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let me know when you're ready. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, y'all, this has been another episode of the Roseanne Thorns podcast. I will see you all next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Roseanne Thorns, a P. Ryan podcast. You can find Roseanne Thorns on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. That's R-O-S-E-N-T-P-O-D. And you can find P. Ryan on Instagram and Twitter at I am P. Ryan. That's I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. See you next time.